Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Wasn't that an awesome word? Yeah. And man, the worship. How do I fix it? Uh, all right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, why don't you turn your Bible speaking to Romans chapter number 12. We're still detoxing, amen? amen. And how many of you have been, have been having a good time just detoxing stuff? We say in this series, we're getting rid of uh, uh, all the fearful thoughts, all the poverty thoughts, all of the thoughts of lack and fear and anxiety and so on and so forth, so that you can start fully living in a life that is based off of the thoughts of God. And what are the thoughts of God? The thoughts of God are His Word. Amen? You can say it like this. The Word of God or the Bible is God's intellectual property. This is how God thinks. Hallelujah! And before I get into the message today, we want to continue to encourage you to invite uh, friends and family to church. Amen. Amen. It's a good thing to invite. The Bible says in Luke 14, 23, And the Lord said unto his servants, Go out into the highways and the byways, and make them come into my house, so that my house may be filled. Notice God's attitude concerning you inviting people to church. He says, make them. Amen. Did you see that? It probably says compel, which is a much more, much stronger word. Uh, Luke 14, 23. So we want to just encourage you and to aid you with that. We have uh, done invites, which uh, Sister Spirit talked about. So make sure you pick up a few before you leave. They are the size of a business card. So you can just, as you give them your business card, give them with an invite to church. Amen. So that they can come and be blessed with all of us. Hallelujah. Romans chapter number 12, verse 2. If you have it, say I have it. Romans chapter number 12, verse 2. This is the grand finale. Of detoxing, we're going to be starting something else new next week, amen. But man, I'm telling you, I'm excited. I, I, if you master this, your life will never be the same. If you master your thought life, your life will never be the same. Because the Bible clearly says, as a man thinketh in his heart so easy. When you begin to think prosperity, you are already prosperous. The Bible didn't say, as a man thinketh in his heart, so will he become. No, so is he. If you start thinking success, you're already successful. Amen. That's right. And here is the kicker. If you start thinking fear, you're already defeated. Amen. Right. Amen. amen? I said amen. amen. So Romans chapter number 12, verse 2 says, Be not conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye what? Transformed. Be changed. That's the English word we use day to day. Be transformed by doing what? By renewing your mind so that you may be able to prove that which is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. Amen? Amen. So the will of God is always perfect, good, and acceptable. Is sickness good? No. Is it acceptable? No. Is it perfect? No. So it is not the will of God for you. Amen. So you don't have to get confused whether this sickness is coming from God or the devil. All sickness comes from the devil. Amen. That's right. The Bible says, 
of Jesus, how God empowered him with the Holy Spirit and empowered, and he went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Sickness is an oppression from the devil. So is poverty. The Bible clearly says that the, the rich man's wealth is a strong tower, but the poor man's poverty is his destruction. Poverty does not teach people, it destroys people. Amen. Oh, pastor, you don't know, I'm just going through something and the Lord is teaching me. No, if God wants to teach you, He'll teach you through His Word. That's, right. That's why He gave you His Word. He's not going to use sickness to teach you. Amen. He's not an evil father, amen? He's a good God. Hallelujah. So this is the first place you need to renew your mind, particularly when you're dealing with religious people. Because religious people say everything comes from the Lord. Everything comes from God. And it takes the devil out of the equation. No, there's some things that come from the devil. And what does the Bible say about those things that come from the devil? He says resist the devil and what will happen to you? He will feel free from you. Man, when we detox, and the reason why we teach a series is we want to get you so tuned up. See, I'm not here just to give a... A, a, a dessert or just a chocolate and so on and so on. Man, we have to give you a balanced diet on a particular subject for long enough that by the time we finish teaching it, you are so tuned up, it's a part of your DNA. You know, I have a friend of mine who's a karate black belt. I mean, this dude is so tuned up, he trains every day. And this is, by the way, what you should do concerning the Word of God. Just renew your mind. How many times? All the time, every day. He is so tuned up in his karate. Man, he's so trained. Even without looking, if you approach him any kind of way, he will just pow! Without looking. I mean, he's so tuned up. He's so trained. If you just approach him, man, if you do anything silly around him, just pow! Shh! <laughs> and by the way, that was the leg. Amen? <laughs> He's so tuned up in his art, man. And that's what we should be as children of God. If poverty approaches you, any kind of... Just pow! With the scripture. <laughs> if sickness approaches you, you have to be so tuned up, you don't have to, have to think about it. Just boom! And it's gone. You're so fired up, so armed with the word of God. And by the way, the word of God is your only offensive weapon when it comes to the armor of God. Did you know that? Yes. It's your only offensive weapon. It's the sword of the spirit. It's the only thing that you have that you can use as a gun. Uh. And as you line your life up to the word of God, you'll begin to see a good, acceptable, and perfect will. Yes. So you have to guard your heart. You have to guard your mind. With all diligence, because out of it will flow the issues of life. You can say amen to that. Now, we talked about four principles, four principles to attain um, transformation. And number one was you need to study the word. And we said number two, you need to meditate the word of God. And number three, we said you need to focus on the word of God, because whatever you focus on, you become. And number four, you need to act on the word of God. This was my attitude when I came into the church. I said to the pastor who was preaching, if what you say works, I'm going to put it to the test to see if it works. If it doesn't work, I don't have much time to waste. I might as well go out, sell my Bible, go out and buy myself a six-pack of beer and hang out in the sun and drink till I drop if this doesn't work. Because I don't have time to waste my time on something that doesn't work. But let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, 
this works. I put it to the test and it works. If you change the way you think, you're going to change your life. So today, we are talking about acting. Say acting. Acting. Say it again. Acting. We're talking about acting on God's word. And if you're taking down notes, you might want to call it faith it up. Faith acts on God's word. Amen? Amen. Just don't mentally ascend it. Act on it to prove that it is true. To taste, as Pastor Trevor said, and see that the Lord is good. You have to act on it. How many of you know that you will not walk on water sitting in the boat? Yes, right. uh, Peter was sitting in the boat and he said to Jesus, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come. And what did Jesus say? Come. Now, what would have happened if Peter uh, had stayed in the boat just chilling? You know? Oh, Jesus said, come, by the way. <laughs> oh, brother, do you know that Jesus actually invited me to walk on water? Mm. Just sitting in the boat. Mm. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Jesus said, come. Mm. And the storm was raging when he invited me. Well, what did you do? Well, I, you know, I'm just sitting in the boat. I didn't do anything about it. But he invited me to come. <laughs> what would have happened? Nothing. This is the answer to, people come to us and they say, well, you prosperity preachers, how come not everyone is rich? Because not everyone is acting on God's word. Uh, that's it. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. I mean, even Jesus said, out of all people, only one person acted on God's word. Mm. To get there is 60 and 100 fall. Mm. If you act on God's word, you will get results. Yeah. Unless God is lying. But how many of you know that God is not lying? Glory to God. Let's go to James, chapter number 2, verse 18. Someone say, act on the word. Tell your neighbor, act on it. I'm going to try and teach this. Acts, chapter number 2. James, chapter number 2, verse 18. I want you to see if you're listening. <laughs> James chapter number 2, verse 18. If you have it there, I have it. Yea, a man may say, I have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without, my, without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Now he's talking about, he's not talking about the works of the law. He's talking about the works of faith, which is your positive response to God's promises. Amen. 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 God's grace is his unmerited favor. In other words, the things that he did without your cooperation. For example, salvation is God's grace and it is on God's side of the ledger. But for you to be saved, you have to respond positively to God's grace. That's right. And these are the works that he's talking about. You have to do something to respond to what God has already done. That's right. Hallelujah. And what does he say? Verse 19. Do you believe that there is one God? Hmm. You do well. Let me tell you something. The devils also believe and tremble. Is it in your Bible too? Yeah. Did you see that? He's saying, listen, believing alone is not enough. You know why? Because even the devils believe. Yeah. How many of you know believe that God wants you to prosper? Yeah. Yeah. 
How many of you believe that if you give, it will come back to you? Everybody believes. Even the devil believes if they give, it will come back to them. You know that? But you know what the difference is? The devil don't act on it. They believe that there is only one God. They believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, but they will not confess Him with their mouth or believe it in their heart. They will not act on it. So he's saying here, even the devil's belief. So believing is not going to get you much. Everybody believes. But those that will get something are those that will act on what they believe. Listen, if someone came in here and they were frail and you know, looking like they're about to pass out, and they came, and, and boom, they just fell on the stage, and man, we preach prosperity, we preach that we must feed and give, and so on and so forth, and Pastor Trev, and everybody runs around, say, Pastor, we can't let this man die in our hands, we have to do something, and uh, we put monies together, we invite someone to uh, go and buy some food, and they bring in, man, that super califragilistic, exploratoriously delicious food that you can ever find in Johannesburg. And they bring it, and they walk with it, with the food on uh, one of those uh, 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 mobile stands, and they say, brother, here is the food. And then they bring it before him, and he's so frail, and the doctors say, listen, this dude has to eat within 30 minutes, otherwise he will die. He has to eat within 30 minutes, otherwise he will die. Now, if I went to the guy and I said to him, brother, do you believe that if you eat of this food, you will live? <laughs> and if he looks at me and says, pastor, do you, you think I'm stupid? I believe that if I eat this food, I'll leave. I believe it. I mean, this food is delicious. This food looks awesome. I believe that if I eat of this food, I will leave. 25 minutes. I believe. <laughs> I believe. 28 minutes. I believe that if I eat of this food, I'll leave. 29 minutes. 55 seconds. I believe that if I eat this food, I will leave. Now, question. Does what this man believe he does... What he's confessing to believe, is it true or false? True. I didn't hear that. So you are telling me that if this man eats of this food, he will live? Yeah. 59 seconds. <laughs> the man drops dead, boom. He's dead. You're still telling me, now, I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it. Are you still sticking with your guns that what this man said was correct? Yes. yes. I didn't hear that. Yes. So you are telling me that if this man ate of the food, you would have lived? Yes. How come he died? Yes. Oh, so you're telling me that the eating part was also important? Yes. It's the same thing we are telling you, church. When you read of the word of God, it doesn't matter what you agree with or don't agree with. What matters is what you act on. What you take to eat. Because as you eat it, it will begin to produce in your life. Oh, Pastor, I believe that if I give 10% of my income, God will open the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing that I will not be able to contain. Everybody in the church believes that. Did you know that? Everybody in the church believes if you give, it will come back to you. How much? Good measure. How else? Press down. How else? Shake it together. And what? Running over. Everybody can quote that scripture. Everybody, but how come everybody is not getting it? Because everybody is not eating the food. Everybody is just looking religious, but not acting on what God's saying. That's the difference. The Bible says if you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on who? On him. 
Everybody believes I will live a life of peace if I just keep my mind focused on God. Everybody believes that. The whole church and their mothers, they believe if I just keep my mind focused on the Lord, I will live in peace. But how come everybody is not living in peace? Because they are not doing it. They are just not focusing on the Lord. So church, today I want to challenge you to start thinking about it seriously. Hallelujah. Faith comes with a prescription. An instruction. And the instruction for faith is act on whatever God says to you about the area that you're trying to fix in your life. If it's divine healing, you just trust and believe that God's will above everything is that you may prosper and be in what? Good health, even as your soul prospers. And you claim that, that promise, and you get up and you start walking. That's right. Amen. This is why Jesus, almost everybody healed, he asked them to act on their faith if they hadn't already acted on their faith. Uh, Remember when he healed the lepers? He said, now go and show yourselves to the priest. The only person who could show themselves to the priest was someone who was already old. Yeah. So as they walked to go to the priest, the Bible says healing kicked in. As they acted on God's word. What did he do with the blind man? He put some uh, spits in the ground, mixed it with soil, and put the, the, the mud on, on his eyes. And he says, go and wash in the river of Siloam. Mm -hmm. And the man went, and as he washed, he came back seeing. Yeah. There was no medicinal nothing in the mud and in the spit. So don't go out there and try and do it. <laughs> what healed the man was his faith. Yeah. Even in James, the Bible says, If any among you is sick, let him call for the elders and let them anoint him with oil. And he tells you, because he knows some of you get tripped up and get hooked up to the oil and pay attention to the oil. He tells you, he says, because it is the prayer of faith that shall save the sick, not the oil. Yeah. <laughs> it is the act of faith that will produce results. Amen. So, scripture is a prescription manual, if you will. Good friend of mine came last year to, to preach uh, at this church, and uh, he was supposed to go back to uh, the States uh, on his flight, and then he go to the boarding gate. Is that the boarding gate? No, the check-in gate first. You get to the check-in gate, and then they give you a prescription. They give you a card with, with instructions. That's the word of God. And the instruction says, if you are flying with us, in fact, go to Hebrews 11. <laughs> Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Hebrews chapter number 11. Keep that story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go back to it. Is this good so far? Yeah. Hebrews chapter number 11. Verse, verse what? 6. Hebrews chapter number... What did I say? 11? 11, 11 is good. Let's do 11. Verse 6. Huh. Watch what it says. What does it say? But without what? Faith, it is what? Impossible. That word impossible means not possible. It means there is no way you are going to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. And he's saying without faith, it is impossible. Whatever is going to come after, we know that is not happening without what? Faith. Amen? So he says without faith, what is impossible? To please God. In other words, you cannot please God without faith. But he who comes to God, say that word. Uh, just, just that one word. He who comes to God, must. he who comes to God, must. 
it becomes an imperative. Yeah. Necessity. Yeah. That word must. Yeah. When you decide to come to God, then you must. Amen. Listen to me, child of God. You don't have to come to God. Yeah. You don't have to. Uh, but when you decide you want to come to God, then there is an imperative necessity. You must. So he got to the boarding gates and then they told him, listen, dude, you don't have to fly with British Airways. You don't have to. But if you're going to fly with British Airways, you must be at the boarding gate at 7.30 p.m. Tonight. <laughs> must. Imperative. And he went and he, you know, messed around and so on and so forth. And then he went inside the boarding gate and so on. And he got to the uh, boarding gate at uh, 7.35. And then they, he saw the airplane. Can you imagine? He saw it. <laughs> they were still there when he got there. Yeah. <laughs> he saw that big bird, man, the uh, 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 Airbus 380. He saw it. And he even saw people walking in. <laughs> and they told him, brother, we cannot let you in. Yeah. Because you, what you did was not according to the prescription. Yeah. And he told me, he said, Pastor T, I saw that bird, man. I saw it back, back, back down, back out. I saw it back out. And I was looking at it. I saw it. And I told them, I said, wait, I'm supposed to be on that plane. And they didn't pay him any attention. He said, I saw it back, up, back out onto the runway. And he saw it. He saw it. Just take off. Just boom. And they left him. You know why? Because they had told him prior that if you are going to walk this way, you have to be at our gates. You don't have to fly with us. And that's what God is saying. You don't have to come to God. But if you decide to come to God, he who comes to God must believe. You must believe. There is no other way. In other words, you must act on what I say. This was Jesus' greatest complaint. The only time I ever read in scripture why when Jesus sounded like he was complaining, I'm not saying he complained. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Amen. The only thing that qualifies you to call Jesus Lord is to do what? Do what he says. If he says jump, what do you say? How high? A lot of people are still stuck at the stage where if Jesus says jump, they say why? He who believes must. He who comes to God, you must believe that God is. And that is a rewarder. Listen, child of God, God is a rewarder. Yes, he is. Amen. Now, is sickness a reward? No. Is poverty a reward? No. God is a rewarder of they that what? Diligently. Not haphazardly. Not when you feel like it. This is where the kicker is. God rewards, and you know what? The ability to be able to distinguish in the kingdom of God between rewards and gifts is a sign of maturity. Because a lot of people are still trying to receive rewards from God on the basis of the gift system. Yeah. Gifts are for free, but rewards are end. And God rewards those that diligently seek Him. That's right. 
But that's another message for another day. Heaven is a gift, but within the gift of heaven are rewards. And you, as a child of God, need to be able to distinguish between gifts and rewards. God is a rewarder. But who does he reward? They that diligently. Diligently. In other words, they that make faith a lifestyle. They that are consistent and constant in their walk with God. Let me tell you, child of God, church and your relationship with God is not a social event. It's a lifestyle. It has to happen on Monday, on Tuesday. That's why the Bible says the just shall what? Live by faith. It doesn't say the just shall run into faith when they are in trouble. It says the just live by faith. In other words, the just have made faith their lifestyle. Right. Amen. Amen. You have to be in faith how many times? All of the times. To qualify into that statement. The just. The ones justified will live by faith as a lifestyle. They will live by it. They will live by it. Amen? This shows you how acting on God's word is important. Amen. Faith is acting on what God says. Tell that to your neighbor. Say faith, faith. is acting faith. on God's word. Amen. Now ask them, when was the last time you acted on what God said to you? Because God is always speaking. Amen? I said amen. amen. Go with me now to Hebrews chapter number 4, verse 2. How many of you would like to get some profit? Yeah. The Bible has something to say about it. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Amen. Hebrews chapter number 4 verse 2. Watch what it says. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with what? Faith. Faith in them that heard it. So there are two classes of people here. Us and them. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, I'm not them. I'm, I'm, I'm us. I'm we are on the us side. Amen? Yeah. So we heard, but the word did not profit them. Yeah. Them, them fools. Them, them folks. You know why it didn't profit them? Because they didn't enter. Yeah. They didn't take what they hear and mix it with faith. There are two constants here. The message is the same. How many of you agree with me? Yes. They have the same thing, right? The other constant, I wrote it down, let me look for it. The other constant is that they were both present when it was said. And the only difference is what they did with what they heard. So he says here, for unto us the gospel was preached. Here's another constant. The gospel was preached to everybody. That's right. As well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. Yeah. Because they did not mix the word with faith in them that heard it. So when you hear God's word, you must act on it. Amen. Matthew chapter number 7. From verse 24 to 29. In the Message Bible, if you can, please. Matthew chapter number 7, verse 24 to 29. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, man, everything else that we do in life is instructions 
and we seem to follow them. And you know what? When we don't follow them, we get embarrassed, right? I'll tell you, man, the first time I, I was on a plane, an airplane, I got that thing, the slip that my friend got, and it had instructions. The instruction was I needed to get to the boarding gate at a certain time, and that one I passed. And I'm so glad to tell you I passed out. <laughs> and then I got into the plane, and when I was walking in the plane, I saw everybody else going to the back of the plane, and they were, they, everybody, to me, was stupid. Because they were just walking past the nice leather, bigger seats. And I thought, these people are crazy. Look at all these fools. They live in the nice seats here. I even have a window seat over here. Listen, I'm going to take one of these nice seats for myself. You know why? I didn't pay attention to the instruction on the instruction card. Child of God, if you don't pay attention to the instructions of God, man, you're going to embarrass yourself. Because let me tell you, I would like to believe that God knows a little bit more about how this life should be lived than you and I. I, I just, I, I, think, I think he does. I'm of the inclination that God knows how, how my marriage should work more than I do. I think, I think he does. Amen. I think God knows more about how I should handle my finances more than I do. I think he does. Amen. I think God knows about how I should live uh, my life in divine health more than I do. First of all, on the basis that he has been here longer than I have, without even looking at wisdom, the amount of wisdom that he has, I mean, God has been here how many years? Over a trillion years. On the basis of that, I think he has enough experience to know how this thing works. Yeah. So I'm going to put my trust on his estimation. That's right. And not my estimation. Because I've blown it a few times. Amen? Matthew chapter number 1. 7, 24 to 29. Watch what he says. We read this last week. These words that I speak unto you are not incidental additions. He's talking about God's word. He's talking about his Bible. He says, these words I speak unto you, they are not incidental additions to your life. They are not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. This is not a by the way. When God gives you his word, man, this is it. You can live your life based off of his word. That's it. He's, he's saying, listen, this is not just renovations. They are foundational words. Words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, in other words, if you begin to work the word of God, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. Next verse. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado came and hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. You know why? Because it took God's word and acted on it. That's the difference. Next verse. This is your neighbor, not you. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. Next verse. When a storm rolled in, the waves came up, it collapsed like a deck of cards. Next verse. When Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst in applause. They had never heard a teaching like this. Next verse. It was apparent 
that he was living. Here is the key. You can't teach this if you're not living it. Uh, Man, the reason I teach tithing is because I'm a tither. Uh, Started tithing in 2008. How many years is that? Seven years? Never means the penny. So I can teach this with boldness and conviction. You know why? Because I'm living it. Hallelujah. But you get up here, man, you try and teach something that you're not living. People will be like, man, we hear your words, but your actions are louder. Leave it and teach it. And people will, will receive it. Say amen to that. Watch what it says. It was apparent that he was giving everything he was saying. Quite a contrast to their religion teachers. Here's the difference between a true teacher and a religious teacher. A religious teacher does not do what they tell you. They say, do as I say, not as I do. A true kingdom teacher practices first. A true kingdom teacher does not practice what they teach. They teach what they practice. By the time they are teaching it to you, they know it works. Because that's how they live their lives. Amen. Amen. Stand up here and say uh, uh, to the man, you have no right laying a hand on a woman. You know why? Because I'm living that way. Amen. Never laid a hand on a woman my whole life. Amen. 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 And you can stand up here and begin to teach it. Why? Because you're living. Yeah. So here's the key, ladies and gentlemen. Walk in it first and your message will be twice as strong. Watch what it says. Their religious teachers were just, you know, saying it. They're not doing anything about it. This was the best teaching they had ever heard. Best teaching. Jesus' greatest sermon was, listen, when I give you my word, do it. If you don't do it, you're going to crumble. And notice he was teaching Christians. Folks that come to church. Folks that do praise and worship. Folks that fast and pray. Listen, you can do all of that if you don't do God's word. When the storm comes in, notice it didn't say if the storm comes in. It says when the storm comes. When the storm comes in, you will crumble. Notice it didn't say there's a big chance that your house will fall. No, it says it will. All right, okay, let's move on to something more exciting. First Kings chapter number 17. Amen? Man, Jesus was the best teacher. How many of you believe that? He said, listen, don't use my words in Bible studies. Work them in your life. Start doing it. Hallelujah. If you teach on love, start living a life that is based off of what you're teaching. Okay, I knew all that one again. (laughs) Forgive those that despitefully use you. Is that what Jesus said? To forgive them? Wow. 1 Kings chapter number 17 uh, from verse 1. Watch what it says. This is a story that shows you why you should act on God's word. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall be no rain, no dew these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence and turn eastward and hide thyself by the brook Sherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So there's an instruction here to Elijah. God is saying, listen, 
Because there is a drought in the land, I have commanded the ravens to feed you over here. Elijah is over Isn't it funny? God always does that. He doesn't give you the past where you are. You know why? Because if he gives you the past where you are, by the time it gets to you, the defenders are already crowding you. It is called a defense-splitting pass. God doesn't give it where you are. He passes it where you should be. And if you start taking your steps to where you should be, you will get to your past. And it will be a Giroud goal. Or better known, Amen. And the Arsenal fans say they God does not give the promises where you are. Even when we went to Abraham, you know what he said? He said, Abby, I've made you the father of many nations. Get thee from your father's house and go to your land. That I'll show you. Act on your faith. Just go somewhere. Just do something. In other words, God will come to you and say, do something. Just do something. Go there. And then Elijah, as he began to take the step. Now, let me ask you a question. If Elijah said, well, Lord, I'm too tired. <laughs> or I'm busy. Can't you see, Lord, I'm busy prophesying here. Why are you saying I should go to the brook? Why don't you make the ravens come to me? <laughs> What would have happened? The ravens would have kept piling food at his place of blessing. I preached a message a couple of years ago called a place called there. Every single one of us have a place called there where our provisions are waiting for us. Here is the sad reality. Most of us are not taking steps towards the place called there. You know why? Because we're telling God to come to where we are, not where he wants us to be. God is saying, listen, I placed your provision at the place called there. You take steps. All you have to do is to obey me. All you have to do is to begin to take steps towards the place of promise. And as you do that, I will begin to open up doors of opportunity, doors of provision, doors of healing, and so on and so forth. But we have to go to that place. What place are we in? God said, go there. What happened to your life? Verse 5. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. He is how all of us should believe in our lives. He did according as unto the word of the Lord. The Christian walk is one of the easiest lives to lead. Just do as God tells you. We were in Bible school and someone was sharing about how a team of ministers went to South Korea, where the biggest church is, and they went to Pastor Yogi Cho, and they asked him, they said, Pastor Yogi Cho, what is your secret to this success in ministry? And the man started laughing. He said, ah, ha, 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 I pray, hear, and do. <laughs> and then they said, no, but there must be, you know, these were Americans. They said, there must be some formula to this. He said, no, I just pray, hear, and do. Uh, and that's all you should do. Fellowship with God, hear what God is saying, and do it. Amen. The Christian life is one of the easiest lives to live. All you have to do is to do what he tells you. It's so simple. If he tells you don't worry, then what are you supposed to do? Stop worrying. If he tells you you are the head and not the tail, what do you walk around looking like? The head and not the tail. If he tells you no weapon formed against you shall prosper, what does that mean? That means no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And you walk according to that. 
What verse are we in? The six. And the ravens brought in bread and flesh in the morning. Flesh is meat, right? And bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brew. When someone walking out of here saying, Oh, Elijah ate flesh. <laughs> and it came to pass, verse 7, after a while that the brook dried up because there had not been uh, rain in the land. Amen? Always hear God's next instruction. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee where? I didn't hear that. There is a there in everyone's life. And God is directing your steps towards a place called there. Hallelujah. Amen. I was still, I was sharing with someone, they were asking me uh, uh, about our history and so on and so forth. And I began to tell them, I said, uh, my wife actually spent all of the time in South Africa and Cape Town. And then she came to Johannesburg to meet me. <laughs> because God has brought me in Johannesburg and told her to go to a place called there. And she came. Man, that was just awesome. <laughs> I, I was a blessing, in other words. <laughs> Amen. If she hadn't moved to Georgia, she wouldn't have met me. Can you imagine? With how awesome I is. Man, I'm telling you. Go to your place for day. Amen. And this can be a spiritual or geographical location. This can be a job opportunity. This can be a spouse. This can be anything that God inspires or whispers into your heart. Begin to do it. Begin to act on it. Begin to go to that place. And God, watch this, has already commanded your blessing there. Amen. And is there waiting for you. And I'm telling you. Tell your neighbor, go there. Some of you who are single, your husband is getting old because you're not going there. <laughs> Dude is just sitting and getting old, growing a beard, just waiting at the place for the amen. Okay, moving right along. Verse 10. Is that where we are? So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread. A bread in thine hand, and he said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal, she said, in a barrel, and little oil in a cruise, and behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and do what? And die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Tell her never fear not. Fear you see, as you're getting ready to go to your place called there, get rid of all fear. Hallelujah. Yes. Why? Because God has not given us the spirit of what? Fear. Every time you see the spirit of fear invading you, it is not coming from God. It's coming from the devil. Amen. Amen? And, and speak to it. Tell it to leave your body. Tell it to leave your mind. Because God is not the author of fear. Uh, Hallelujah. Amen. Don't be fearful. That's right. Fear not. Uh, what verse? 13. 13. Fear not and do as I have said. So two. Here's a combo. Fear not and do what? Do as he says. Fear not and do as he says. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, fear not, fear not and do as he says. Yes. This is the combo. 
You want to live a life of success and victory? Fear not and do as he says. Fear not and do as he says. In fact, doing as he says is the antidote to fear. See, because if you don't do as he says, you're going to be fearful. If God says jump and then you say why, and then you don't jump, you're going to sit around and say, oh man, what did I do? Why didn't I jump? Maybe this is happening because if you have the same, every time you disobey God, something seems to happen that will trip your mind or bring your mind to remembrance of a certain time when you disobey God. Maybe it's the Maybe this is because I didn't give money this month. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is maybe maybe this one is because you know I, I haven't forgiven them. And sometimes it's true. If you hold resentment and strive in your heart, the Bible says you give uh, a foothold to the devil, yeah. and he will just come in. In other words, you inviting him in. Hallelujah! What verse? I just want to read this, and we are fourteen. Uh, 15 now. And she went and did according to his saying. And Elijah and she and he and the son did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord. Can you see how this is like a domino effect? Elijah had his place called there uh, twice and she is also now having a place called there. And this is how life is lived. Everybody is going to have their place called there. Your place for day might be to go into pick and pay and, 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 and buy groceries for someone. That might be your place for day. Your place for day might be to give away a car. Your place for day might be to give away a house. Someone say amen. amen. Some of you are thinking, I don't even have a house. <laughs> That's the good place to start. If you say, Lord, give me a house and I'll give it away. God will give you ten because he knows you're going to give away one and leave enough. But if you're thinking about yourself, you will never get to that place. Trust me. God is looking for distribution centers. God loves people so much, He's just looking for anybody that can help Him touch people's lives. You know those kids that are homeless? God wants to reach out to them. And you know what the Bible says? His eyes go to and forth, looking for somebody, He can give shelter so that they can reach out to those children. Because God works through you and I. God, and I'm telling you, He's looking for someone to pay off the national debt for Zimbabwe. And once you say, here I am, Lord, boom, 10 billion. And as one hand receives, another hand gives, there will be plenty left for you. But there's no one thinking that big. Because everyone is thinking about paying rent. (laughs) Just start thinking big. The Bible says God gives seed to the soul. It's not your responsibility to get the seed. Your responsibility is to become the source. Just say, Lord, I'll take care of you. And then God will give you the seed. Man, this is the faith thing that we are talking about. Lord, use me. And as you put yourself in that place, He will give you one silly instruction just to get an excuse to bless you. This was a crazy instruction. Just go to the proof. And God, since time and memorial, He's been giving us silly instructions. Get an excuse to bless his children. Those that obey his instructions. He says something stupid like, uh, if you lay hands on the sick, they recover. How does that work? He's just trying to touch people's lives and he's saying, I want to use somebody. Anybody who is willing just to take their hand and put it on somebody. He didn't even say pray for them. 
He said, if you lay your hands, and he was talking to all believers, not the pastors and the prophets. Amen? Amen. Oh, man. What verse are we in? 16. 16. 16. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cause of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which is spake by Elijah. And it came to pass after these things, that the son of the widow, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was sore, and there was no bread left him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me? Call my sin to remembrance, and to slay my son. And he said unto her, Give me your son. And he took him out of her bosom, and carried him into a loft, where he abode, and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord, and said, Lord, my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow, with whom I sojourned, by slaying her son, and he stretched himself forth upon the child three times, and cried unto the Lord, and said, O Lord, I pray thee, let this child so come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. And I have to stop because I'm out of time. <laughs>